You are listening to Tomes of the Chaos Bard. Hello, Tomies, and welcome to Tomes of the Chaos Bard. And to my right, we have... Nope, nope, we're going with it. (laughs) Henley. Boudreaux. Lila Garava. Roscoe. And Fenrir. And last time, the group was rewarded for helping the Mykonids return to their sovereign and their mound. They received a variety of loot, new weapons, and armor of their choosing. They learned a little bit of lore from the people, the lost people of this place, and Brudreau had a visit in a vision of the mysterious knowledge keeper who demanded the gourd in exchange for answers to questions for the Master of the Dead. Who is the Master of the Dead? What was the meaning of Boudreaux's vision? Time is ticking. Time is growing short. What else will happen down deep under the canyons? Let's find out. <laughs> you know, I was really struggling with the phrase of time's growing short. Because it's so such a weird phrase. Time is growing, which means normally getting bigger, but it's getting shorter. I struggled with that phrase for a long time. Well, now I do too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, guys, and I hope you enjoyed that introduction. Thank you, Becky, for doing that for yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's Maybe. because it's time as in the plant. Time mm. is going short. <laughs> it, it normally does grow short, huh? Yeah. So, and sometimes scraggly. So, it's, you don't have to worry no more, David. <laughs> So this whole time we've been using that phrase wrong because yeah. it's talking about a plant and yeah. not a measurement of time. <laughs> Amen. A measurement, yeah. We'll, we'll move on from that. We'll move on to that. Philosophy time with DM Dave. <laughs> Where DM Dave and Boudreaux and Elsie go in circles. <laughs> I never cried over spilt milk, but I have cried over chocolate milk. <laughs> so... We are getting ready to leave the Mykonids. Are you guys wanted to do anything else, or are you guys ready to move on? I'm ready to go. So, Boudreaux wakes up, and he's, he's going to pray. Hmm, okay. Yeah. So, let's go back to that. <clears throat> okay. So, you just had this vision, right? We ended the last episode with this vision with the, with the Nothic. How is Boudreaux feeling? I think he... Inside his brain, he's feeling rather confused. So he probably sits up, scratches his head, and he's trying to decipher. Well, first off, he's like, is that a vision? Did I just have a vision or a nightmare or something? And he's like, well, I felt a little different in it, but I don't know how it made me feel. So he wants to seek more insight on what how he should feel about this vision or dream from his God to know maybe how to imply, implement this into his life or to ignore it completely. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I'm guessing you're, you want to pray about it. Is that kind of what the lines you're going to? Yeah. Just okay. go ahead. What, what is it that you, do you have a s- specific uh, oh, way of saying? Oh, 
he doesn't go that loud. <laughs> if he goes that loud, I'm like, oh, not this again. <laughs> like, everybody rolls their eyes. <laughs> yeah, he always wakes up everybody in the morning. Is it Kundas Day I again? I love this new morning. Wake up, Dad. No, no, no. <laughs> First off, he snores. Then he wakes everybody up with this loud praying. <laughs> no, so he we hate real- Boudreaux in the morning. <laughs> I've always been a morning person, a morning guy. Hooray. <laughs> okay. So he's like, hey, Kundas. Um, and he's kneeling down okay. on his sleeping bag that he has rolled up. He's like, um, I just had this really scary dream about this like one-eyed thing. And I don't know how to feel about it. And... Lila Garada were in it, or Lila, just Lila. But the thing was really scary, and it scratched my gourd, and I don't know how to continue. Help, please. So as you kind of think, and you're pondering about kind of what the meaning of the vision was, if there was a meaning, having these thoughts run in your head, of just the prayer you just said, you get this feeling of comfort in your heart mm. and almost like a little small whisper that says, continue, continue forward, my child. Hmm. Uh, do you know how? <laughs> <laughs> he kind of says to himself slash to Kundas. Mm-hmm. You kind of get a warm feeling uh, from the gourd. Again, kind of very similar in your vision. You were getting that warmth, that glow from the gourd. Yeah. And as you look at it and you kind of search over it, you notice that there's a new scratch in it. Yeah, so he's fingering over the scratch. And you remember from your vision that the Nothic scratched it. Mm-hmm. And you get the feeling of that's probably where you should head. Or it... Follow that thought. What? (laughs) He's like, you want me to follow a scratch in a gourd? I don't, I don't. (laughs) But, no, go ahead. Yeah, that's pretty much all the feelings you get. So he kind of sits there puzzling, and he's just kind of confused still, but he does feel comforted. Um, And now we're going to continue on the day. He's going to make breakfast. But he's in heavy... I feel like usually he's talking in the morning a little bit more, and I think he's more quiet than he normally is. Just kind of face zoning out and making breakfast. Just kind of like, what the... Is there anything else that anybody wants to do before we head out? And it's obvious that Boudreaux is not his jolly self right now. Henley's just um, pondering over her bow and trying to figure out what that lit up rune Mm. means. I'd probably go ask Fenrir if he can read, because Henley doesn't know Elvish, but she knows Fenrir knows Elvish. Oh, is there different dialects of Elvish? I would assume so. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, Fenrir. Hmm? 
Um, my bow. One of my runes lit up on my bow? Like, magically? Do you know what it means? I don't know, do I know what it means? You do. <laughs> you do know what it means. Because it's, it's a common symbol that they use, and especially they use it on specific arrows. You recognize this from an arrow that you have recently sent in the past week to Lilana. The, mes- the, er- the, the message arrow. So that's what the symbol kind of means. It means message kind of through the air. Yes. That it's kind of similar to this, and he'll pull out like the, the message arrow thing and kind of show her, like, hey, look, there's a rune here. Kind of matches up. Yeah, it, it means like a, a message that you can send. And it's mainly like through the air. That's why I wonder if this arrow would work here. As he looks up to the cave Whoa. ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that means I can send message arrows now? Um, I would assume so, yeah. Do you want to try to shoot this one? Um, what should I say? Hmm. Well. Or I could try and send one to my brother. Yeah. You could do that. What would you say to him? Or maybe my mom. I haven't written my mom yet. (laughs) (laughs) I'll send it to my mom. <laughs> so Henley will just write down, like, vaguely what they've been up to and that she's doing good. And the last time she saw her brother, that he got a job. And if he hadn't sent a letter yet to her, to kind of update him on Rowan as well. And she'll pluck back her bow and shoot it. So are you using the arrow... That he's handing you, or are you using? I think she would try with a regular arrow first. So you pull back, and you get the the same strange tingling sensation in your arm Mm -hmm. as you just feel kind of energy coming from the quiver down your arm to the arrow, and as you let go, you see the arrow turn into kind of like a a ghostly mist, and it seems to just disappear in air. Whoa. Does it kind of look like Henley's misty step a little bit? Yeah, we can say that. That's cool. You think this one will work too? We can try. We're all like (laughs) huddling over. (laughs) Finish your tick out and kind of write to... Henley also told her that she found Ilana's um, quiver. He's gonna take out, take out, take out the arrow, and he's gonna write down kind of the adventures of what they've been up to as well. And he'll put in there he at the very end. He'll put in there he may have more information, and that's all he's gonna say. He's gonna be very vague about it. I may have hoping more information, that, or I may be dead. Hoping <laughs> that the lady who's gonna get the arrow is going to understand what he means. And then he will try and take that arrow and shoot it up in the air. Okay, this one seems to fly like a normal arrow. And then it sparkles and disappears. So very different from what Henley's was, but done to a similar effect. 
uh, geek out player moment, I think it would be really cool if it like travels through the ethereal plane. That'd be kind of cool, huh? <laughs> David's like, ooh. <laughs> Are you going to let me know who that was sent to, Fenrir? As soon as I can remember the name. His girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> Is it the girlfriend? Or no, because as far as like I understand, like that message arrow is only the meant, council meant for lady. Liliana Evergrove. Like Alana. Yeah. Okay. So that's like the only. He doesn't. I guess at this stage, maybe he would understand. He could send it to anybody. But at this point, he's just assuming that the arrow is just for Alana. And you'd be correct in that. And so, he's, yeah. And if you want me to like write out a letter real quick. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, so, so that's the second arrow that you've sent to her. Yes. Okay, just kind of an update for her. Yep. Boudreau. Call them Miss Arrows. Miss Arrows? Kind of like a sparrow, but it's a messagero shamero. Sounds like a Pokemon. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> Boudreau. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> I could send a message to Janky for you. You could do what? Oh, right. Um, my quiver lit up a rune on my bow, allowing me to send messages magically. Oh, yeah, no, that doesn't like good idea. And and I think they can answer back. I don't know yet. Oh, that's real cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Wait, can Jinky write? No. <laughs> mm. Nope. <laughs> Jinky write. <laughs> but he, I he kind of wandered off, actually, uh, as you were talking. Hanley will follow after. <laughs> like, um, I, I know how to write draconic, and you can speak draconic, and yeah. And what? Henley will start just speaking in Draconic, like just continuing their conversation. Holy, what the, 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 the holy Magnolia, what the heck? I forgot you could do that. Also, you accent terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I learned Dragonborn Draconic. The problem is that he can't read it, so like, I don't know what the, who can read in the Draconic. But then, uh, I think... Ivan spoke draconic, so he could read it to Janky. Oh, yeah. Um, well, um, is there a little bit of pancake mix left over that you just add water? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> he, like, accidentally... Boudreaux pre-made it earlier <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. Um... So he um, is currently pouring too much water into the pancake mix as he's talking to you. Oh, yeah, I forgot that he could do that. Um, yeah, um, let's see. He, the oh, water. No. The what? The water what? And it keeps going. <laughs> Your hand. And he, like, flips it up, and he's like, What did this do to the spider? <laughs> and he starts jumping around. Don't have to me. I didn't mean to have to me. <laughs> and he's now on his knees. <laughs> Your pancake mixes water. <laughs> there did not a spider on me. I never said there was a spider on you. Are you, you crying, too? <laughs> no, I'm just concerned about... 
this. <laughs> um, I don't understand. <laughs> the gonna eat me. Um, what would you like? Dance? What would you like to say to Janky? I love him, and the spiders, they might eat me. <laughs> and and last night there was this one-eyed bug that like stared at me, and then the, I scratched my gourd, and he holds up his gourd because that is what he was pouring water with, and he's like, oh. <laughs> and he scratched my gourd. Look, look. And you see a freshly scratched. Marking it. This is a holy symbol. Kundas and Mama Frick gonna kill me. <laughs> I just wanted to help you write a letter to Janky. Thank you. <laughs> is there anything else? And he gets up from his knees and starts stirring the pot super, super slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? I don't think so. Actually, why don't you start a fire? <laughs> Henley will cast Firebolt. <laughs> oh, that, that's pretty cool, man. I usually had to, like, blow on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, and then he's going to start, like, pouring pancakes mix, and it's super runny. <laughs> Pancake soup for breakfast. <laughs> oh no, they'll be cooked. It's <laughs> just extremely holy. <laughs> okay. Just like my gourd. <laughs> um, Swiss pancakes. <laughs> I'll send it, and then Henley will like to shoot the bow in the air, and it just disappears like misty step. Okay, when you guys were talking about sending the arrows, all I can picture is that an arrow just like comes down right next to someone's like foot and they're like, holy <laughs> <laughs> so We don't know how they are received yet. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Anything right. else anybody wants to do? Well, I was going to go uh, talk over to Boudreaux before the dramaticies, but I think that I probably saw that he was dramatic and got really self-conscious and be like, I probably did that. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie. And so, so I like, it's like, the way that I see it, it's like they're comp, they're, they're talking, then all of a sudden he busts out. I was like, oh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and never mind. Detour. So. Henley's got that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go finish my letter. <laughs> um, so you mentioned a uh, one-eyed green-eyed creature? Yeah, and it wasn't like the one that ate you. <laughs> what? No, it was a bug, though. You got one big green eye. It was green, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I need to follow the gourd. And he's showing you the gourd again, and he's like, do you know how to follow a gourd? Because I don't know how to follow a gourd. And I just am real confused. Can I? And um, I don't like the cave. <laughs> can I investigate the gourd while he's monologuing? <laughs> yeah, like, it looks like a normal gourd, just with a freshly deep scratch It's not scratch like an it. arrow or anything no. in it. Um, <laughs> if you, I don't. Did you put that water in our pancakes? <laughs> I always put the water in your pancake, Henley. That's why they taste so good. Hmm. Um, okay. What if you dumped 
the water, maybe the water would lead you somewhere? And he opens the cork. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts like dumping it on the ground in like a circle or something. It, now you have a circle of muddy mud and around like, you. <laughs> and, and he sticks was, his finger and it starts rolling it around. Maybe it, how you to follow it will become clear as we go? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't like being in a cave no more. I don't like this. I never thought you liked being in a cave I at all. I like being in caves. <laughs> Well, let's, let's get going so we can get out of the cave. Do you not want your pancake? Get over here and eat the freaking pancake, man! Looks more like water to me. <laughs> I cooked it! It's like super floppy. <laughs> and like falling apart. <laughs> he'll, he'll take it and eat it. Half of it breaks off and falls as he's like pulling it towards yeah, It's his like mouth. Half, half cooked. Just <laughs> gooey mess. <laughs> Instead, like of camp, instead of pancake toss, it's pancake splat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, good boy. And he pats you with the spoon, which still has pancake mix on it. <laughs> He'll just brush it off. <laughs> oh, no, he brushed your shoulder. It's on your new armor. He'll just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> It'll help the uh, enemies taste have you taste better to the enemies. Hmm. <laughs> They'll go for the moldy, wet pot pancake mix <laughs> instead of the juicy, skinny Fenrir. <laughs> oh, I was thinking it was going to make him taste better like he was offering up for bait. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. He's seasoned. <laughs> nice and crusty. Pancake seasonings. Yeah. Greenish pancakes. Remind me when, um, if Lila actually falls out of, like, crush with oh. Boudreaux, that she's, there's not going to be any friendship there, because that's how she te- treats his friends. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. So, yeah, he Is there with anything else? Is there anything else that anybody wants to do? Ready to head out? Onto an adventure. Tally ho. Let's go on an adventure. Okay. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> oh, real fast. How does Keth feel about my pancakes? He's just going to eat some rations. He goes, mm. oh, no. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I, I slightly shunned them today. Shun. Henley pretends to eat the pancake. <laughs> Level exhaustion one. <laughs> But she eats probably some rations, like the nuts and stuff that we we gathered. Gotcha. What's Lila's pancake look like? A uh, smiley face, but it, it kind of droops, so it's a little <laughs> a sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's smiley a face that's had a stroke until <laughs> half of its face. <laughs> that's right. Aww. What's the smiley face made out of? Pancake? Is it just cut into the pancake? That's half done. Yeah, he ate the inside out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cry. I'll eat the entirety of my pancake then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's go. <laughs> Let's really go. <laughs> I want to look at my robe real quick. Okay. Because we procured that robe. And so I'm fiddling with it. 
The robe of useful items. I yes. Um, <laughs> and so I know there's a few patches that are already on there. Mm-hmm. But then what are the other ones? Oh, right, because you get a 4D4. Yeah. Do you want me to roll for that real quick? Do you want to do that now? Do you want to do that later? Uh, yeah, let's see how many extra patches on their coat. So for the listeners, the robe of useful items has a bunch of different patches on it. It can be like a, a ladder. A ladder. Gold. I think there's a horse on the yeah. list. So, as well. Jewels, I think, on one of them. Yeah, and these there's there random is, patches as well. Yeah. yeah. So let me let me pull it up real quick, and I will read it because it's pretty cool. Yeah, because it has a certain number of certain patches, and then there's random ones, one d four random ones. Yeah. So that's what Evan's asking about. Magic item time. So the, the robe <laughs> has two of each of the following patches already on it: two daggers, uh, two bullseye lanterns, two steel mirrors, two ten foot poles, two um, lengths of fifty foot rope, and two sacks. And then I get to roll 44 to see how many other mystery patches are going to be on there. Okay. So, yeah, I'll have you roll the other ones, but you don't know what they are until you pull the patch off and throw it. Yeah. Oh, that's actually not bad. Two, four, six. That's nine. So nine additional patches. Nine random And so they just got, like, little question marks on them or something? Yeah. Pull them out and throw them? Cool. Yeah, it's that villain from the Batman the Riddler? The Riddler. Yeah. The questionnaire? <clears throat> yeah. Okay, is there anything else before we move on? Okay, we will head out. Boudreaux, so as everybody's packing up and stuff, kind of like the anxiety is getting to you and everything, I need you to roll me a wisdom save, please. D20. Let's go with white. <laughs> well, I got 19 without anything added. Okay. You're staying composed for the most part because that feeling that you received when you were praying, that comfort, kind of envelops you again. Yeah. He's still a little droopy, but he can keep going. And I think talking to Henley kind of helped him a bit as Mm. well. Like being actually to express that to someone. Henley's a good listener. Unless she critiques your questions. Oh, we're bringing that up again. <laughs> no, she like, critiques a lot more than the questions. She just doesn't openly critique things. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> then Mike and Nids bid you goodbye. And as you continue through their underground city, you still see many of these old carvings on the stone walls. These, however, seem to be of a great battle. It seemed to be the defeat of the Sentinel of the Mother. You fall upon you see one on the wall, which seen looks as if he has been he is being consumed by his own sword, as a, as a staff with a floating cube above it shoots a beam at him and his sword. The staff is held by a cloaked figure with an emblem of a head of a skeletal snake, and its mouth is opened and the fangs bared, ready to strike and that emblem is on the on the robed figure's robe farther down you see a large host of the sentinel's kind those who look like the sentinel but they are in bondage and they are being led by more of the robed figures with that skeletal snake's skull head 
on them, walking through some kind of black hole. Above the hole, you see a massive serpent looking down upon the host, and next to it, a bipedal creature that looks like like it has a body of a man, but the face has tentacled has a tentacle-like beard and a round, smooth head, looking very familiar, looking like similar to an octopus, standing with its arms folded, watching the host as well. Would we know what an octopus is? You guys would know, probably know what an octopus is. Okay. Do we know who Davy Jones is? <laughs> <laughs> there are no. stories passed down by orcs, you know. To scare all the other beings. Welcome to Tomes of the Chaos Bard mid-show break. I'm your host, Rupert Bumpkin, from the Rocky Talkie Gnome Radio Network. First item of business is the five-star reviews. Remember, that Solemn will give you a shout-out and read your review on Solemn's column. Then he will review your review. It's great fun! Second is the Ko-Fi. This is our Patreon merchandise store. You can purchase keychains, coloring pages, and MP3s of our song. You can also commission to feed the cast or write a letter to Dear Boudreaux. If you are interested in becoming a patron, there are three tiers, each with varying rewards, including a full post show, DM Dave's deep dives, and coloring activity book with exclusive art. Go to ko-fi.com slash tomes of the chaos bard. That is ko-fi, K-O-F-I dot com forward slash tomes of the chaos bard. And help us grow. And last but not least, the biggest way you can help us is share us with your friends and family. That is all, folks. Back to the show. Okay, and you guys continue on your travel. A lot of this travel is very similar to what you have seen before. Um, A lot of caverns you have to cross through, a lot of these crevices you have to climb over, that you you reuse the rope bridge a couple times to get past things. Very similar to other days and past. A lot of rock climbing and everything. But through this one small tunnel that you guys come out to, um, what is the marching order here? Who's kind of, Roscoe, are you kind of leading the group since you have the map? Okay. I'll be behind all the short people so I can still see. Okay. I'm as far <laughs> away from Boudreaux as I can be. Okay. Which means I'm probably in front of Henley. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in front of her. Okay. More I just needed to know who is in the front. It's me. Probably the two of us, and I think. I'll probably in the back. In the back? Okay. Because I imagine cats back there too. Killed by Boudreaux. Not a bad <laughs> can never get away. <laughs> no, you can put Thorin in between the two of you. Oh yeah, we'll put Thorin. Yeah, Thorin's still us. there. Yeah, Thorin will make a noise barrier because he just jabs and talks <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> he is jabbing. <laughs> Talking about maybe the adventure. Maybe it's not a good idea to put him next to Boudreaux then. Boudreaux is trying really hard <laughs> to be like upset about him from not eating the pancakes, mm. but he just keeps talking and he just can't help but like. Enjoys company. <laughs> <laughs> Whose company is this? Thorin. Thorin's? Thorin. Okay. Yeah. Unless he ate my pancakes. Thorin ate your pancake. Oh, okay. Never mind. We're friends. It was We're Keth. Friends. It was Keth that did not eat your pancake. Yeah. Okay. And Herla. Oh. Question though: How many days have we been in the cave, unable to forage? I forgot. This would be the second day. And how many are in the party? There is eight. Okay, so we've. Uh, 16 rations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Do I need to do something about that? We did get 
a little bit of stuff. Though, yeah, some from. of your the pancakes and stuff would be considered your rations as well. So you take one day, I'll take the other. So what does that mean? Eight. Eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Roscoe. So you have two left. Yes. You head into this one, kind of opens up to this little small cavern. This cavern's mm-hmm. about twenty feet by twenty feet, a very small one. But you notice that there are skeletons in here, like dead skeletons laying on the ground. And is there any other kind of skeleton? Yes. I wanted to make sure that they weren't just standing there saying, hey, guys. Valid point. Sorry. Have you never seen Scooby-Doo? If you never played Diablo. They're still dead. Ruh-roh, Raggy. Dead skeletons laying on the ground. Yes. Okay. And... As on further inspection, and now everybody's starting to trickle into the room, you guys notice that they are null skeletons. Oh. I need everybody to roll me a investigation check, please. I was like, roll initiative. I was like, what? (laughs) You said they were dead. (laughs) Undead. She tricked us. Investigation. Woo. Okay, Henley. That is a 24. Okay. 15. 15. 11. 11. 11. 11. 16. Okay, so everybody but Lila and Roscoe, as you guys are kind of looking over them, checking out their items and stuff like that, you notice that there are no metal amongst them. Hmm. There's wood there, there's cloth there, there's everything else but metal. And from behind you, you hear Thorin yell as he... And you guys look behind him, and he has this little bug that is attached to his maul. And he yells... Ross Monsters! <laughs> Roll initiative. Woo! It's group initiative, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Got a five. You rolled a five? I rolled a two. So you guys are first. So let me set the scene. Set the scene, yes, please. <clears throat> yes. So everybody is in here, um, and it's, it's pretty tight having everybody in here because you got eight people within this 20-foot area and normally for combat you need at least five feet to combat so technically you guys are supposed to have 40 feet between you it is really tight so i will give you a warning that a lot of your attacks have a very high percentage of hitting a neighbor because you guys are really tight unless some of you want to either continue on out to give people room or continue backwards okay um you see as you guys, one's on Thorin, and you got three more kind of crawling down the wall. How big are they? They are... That's what I was going to ask. Probably about four feet to three feet big. Oh, they're huge. They're pretty big. It's a puppy dog. They seem to be descending from the wall above you. Okay, um, would, since, I'm, th- okay, I mean, let me tell you what I'm thinking. I have firebolts. Mm-hmm. They're up high. I can shoot a firebolt without hitting anybody. Correct. Okay. Up high. 
Um, but once they're down on the ground, things yeah. are going to be really tight unless people spread out, as in get out of this room. Get out of the room. Because okay. this room is only 20 20. Yeah. And so somebody. The rust monsters will fill the room essentially because there's three of them. There's four of them. Four that definitely but fill But all them. eight of you are in there. Yeah. And you guys are supposed to have like five foot spacing and that's supposed to be 40 feet. Okay. Spacing. Um, does Carlton know anything about rust monsters? Yes, she would. You. Garatha would know that rust monsters, monsters can be very dangerous. And Roscoe would know this too, because these are creatures that you guys have been interfered we've, with. We've encountered before. Oh, encountered. In the, there you go. In the caves before. In the caves before. Like when we were up mining and stuff like that? Or? Correct. Okay. They are more of a nuisance than anything, but they love metal. You guys would know. Actually, let's see how much you know. I'll give you like a basics basis of what you know, and then have you guys roll a... Let's roll a nature check for this one, and I'll give you additional information based on your check. So here's the basis of what you know. They are nuisances. (laughs) They're not very dangerous to people, but they are known to kill people when they have lots of uh, metal on them. Great, and I'm very happy. And they degrade metal really fast. So go ahead and roll me some nature checks. So they're not made of metal. They no. just eat they metal. They like to eat metal. Correct. What if the metal is hot? <laughs> then it's like a warm toast. Wouldn't it be fire damage? I'm just kidding. <laughs> like a warm I was going to be like, like a, how hot is hot? Like like a super hot roll out of the Like oven? fresh out of the oven. <laughs> Look, when I put my pizza Buttered pocket roll. in the microwave... <laughs> It's not like warm toast. <laughs> Hold on, are you It's like a their... hot bowl of soup for them. They are we it. talking like the first bite of a hot pocket when it comes or out the of the middle? Oh, yeah. Or the Probably. molten core middle of the hot pocket when it comes out of the microwave. Probably the molten core. Okay. <laughs> so I was going to ask him, like, are you putting so it you on just hot see enough them... to make sure the middle is hot? <laughs> hot pocket. Uh, I rolled an unnatural 20. And I got a 21. Okay. You guys know that it, it degrades your armor or weapon very quickly pretty much by the touch of the things it can degrade your armor and ruin your weapons so mechanic wise each time the creature either touches your weapon or you hit a weapon your damage for your weapons will go down by one if it's made out of metal if it hits your armor your armor goes down by one and it's it's made out of and if it's made out of metal and it's permanent Yes. So what happens to my whip? My whip is metal, but it's like a... Is it considered... It's, it's an attuned item mm-hmm. or like a magical, right? Right, right. So does it hurt the magical items? Because... As of right now, you don't know. I Okay. So that's not something I, I know I do not. know. Okay. But yeah, Garatha doesn't know yet. Garatha doesn't know. Mm-hmm. You just know that these creatures love metal. They'll do anything to get to that metal. But they're not... Super dangerous, but mm-hmm. they can be because now you're going to be weaponless or without armor. You guys are kind of in a serious situation with these creatures. All right, so you guys have won the initiative. Roscoe, you had nominated yourself to go first. Yeah, so since I've had experience with these little evil demon creatures um, and I know kind of what they do, I'm going to use 
my action basically to kind of communicate with the team say guys look we need to split up give them some room get away from them so that the ranged people can range them without you know eating armor and weapons so i'm gonna you know say we're gonna have lila garatha go out the exit first and then i'm gonna suggest fenrir follow up with that and then me right in front so I'm closest to the exit, or I'm like closest to the chamber on the exit side. Okay. And Fenrir can still range over me without, you know, risking yeah. me injuring him or okay. vice versa. And I would assume that something on the other side towards the entrance is going to happen similarly. Um, although I don't know what will happen with Thorin because he has mm-hmm. a creature on his hammer. <laughs> and he's Thorin. Okay. And I'm going to switch weapons in that while I'm doing Going to so. your bow, right? Yep. Okay. Yes. So, uh, Lila, do you follow the orders? I'm actually trying to be a good second, so I roll my eyes, but yeah, I'll mm-hmm. follow the orders. Okay, so you head out the door. You see Keth and Hurla do something very similar. Keth grabs his weapon and he heads out the door as well. And Hurla kind of posts up by the door with her crossbows aiming and she's going to take a few shots. At the cre- at the ones coming down. Oh no, I lost one. I landed on a fourteen. All her shots miss, surprisingly. Hey. Okay, we are now to Boudreaux. Okay, so I can see I'm within five feet of any of. The- yeah, so you're right next to Thorn, so you see this creature just trying to gnaw at his at his mall right now. And I can't see any other of them? They're coming down the walls right now. So they're, they're probably 10 to 15 feet away right now. Okay. So I'm going to do Toll of the Dead, which I have done before. Spell time! So then you point to one creature you can see within range and the sound of a gator's hissing fills the air around it for a moment. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or take 14, sorry, <laughs> 1d8 necrotic damage. Uh, if the target is missing any of its hit points, it instead takes 1d12. Okay, so all these would be a d8 of damage, but we got to roll wisdom save. What does it have to beat? 15. First one succeeds. And Nothing happens. Sad day. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to do? <laughs> nope. Nope. That's all I can do. Okay. So. Fenrir. Okay, so as I see this rust monster gnawing on his maul, mm-hmm. right, I want to cast heat metal on it. Okay. So spell time. So I choose a manufactured um, and manufactured metal object, such as a metal weapon that you can see within range. You cause the object to glow red hot. Any creature in physical contact with the object takes 2d8 fire damage when you cast this spell. But is the whole mall metal? Yes, the tip of it is. The one, the part that it's gnawing on is. But the yeah, handle but is like what? The handle is, the handle is... Covered in leather? Would it also, because would it mix. heat the whole thing? <clears throat> it's a it's a mix of wood and metal. So the tip of it's wood, then it goes down to metal, then there's like a space that is wood, and then the bottom half is the metal. So I would say that the, the collective part this metal touching metal 
would heat up, but the bottom portion of it that is metal would not heat up. Okay, and that's where he's gripping is the bottom part. Correct. Okay, so that's his hands on the very bottom and on the wood piece. And on the wood piece. Okay, so I'm gonna heat that, and it is a concentration spell. And any creature in physical contact with the object takes 2d8 fire damage when I cast the spell. All right. Okay, go ahead. 2d8. Nine damage. Okay. You hear that creature just kind of screech in pain as it drops it, and you can see just smoke billowing out of its mouth from getting burned. And then with my movement speed, I'm going to follow Roscoe out the exit. Okay, kind of station... Station behind him. Where he told you to. Its food was too hot. Hot, hot, hot. Spicy. Not spicy. Saucy. Saucy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Thorin seeing that, he kind of gives a smile and he's going to take a swing at the creature. With the hot weapon? What was that? With the hot weapon? With the hot weapon. As he takes the swing, Fenrir is going to say, Careful it's hot. (laughs) Yes, careful it's hot. (laughs) Careful it's hot. But defeat is not an option when our cause is just and our spirit's indomitable. Giving him a bard's inspiration. (laughs) Okay. Woo! And he actually gets two attacks. And they both hit. Terrible damage. That is better damage. Which actually is enough to squish this little bug <laughs> as a hot maul just pounds right into it. Henley. Okay. Henley. Um, I will go behind Herla so Herla yeah. can still shoot. Copying and see. what Roscoe and Fenrir are doing on the other side. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sure, Herla doesn't shoot me as well. <laughs> um, and I will cast a firebolt at one of the rust monsters that are from above. Okay, go ahead. Um, I'm gonna use my luck. <laughs> my one luck. <laughs> your, your luck stone? Your yes. Luck stone. Okay. Much better, much better. Okay, that's a 19 plus 5. Okay, that's a hit. And four fire damage. Okay, that was a good hit. Now it is the rust monster's turn. Let's see, so who's still left in the room? Boudreau is, Thorn is. I think Thorn probably has the most metal on him right now. Probably got metal boots on at least. Boudreau, what kind of metal do you got on you? Studded leather armor. No okay. shirt. Has he has the silver spoon. Don't touch my silver spoon. spoon. <laughs> it's not. I don't have it out though. Yeah, but they. They can smell they can it. Smell no. it. No. <laughs> Roscoe, you have some daggers on you. I'm in half. And you're in in the, the half plate. Half right? plate. Yeah. Smoldering armor. With my yeah. bow out, but I've got my daggers. I've got my glaive. I've got my half plate. I've got... Okay, we found out who has the most metal. <laughs> bag of money. His glaive. 
glaive. He do, does have his glaive. So, yeah, it's me. Okay. So one of them's still going to go after Thorn. And you see him clamp on Thorn. And that one's a miss. But then the two of them focus on Roscoe. And both of them head after you. Your armor is... Right now, oh, hold on, <laughs> it is, uh, my armor class is 17. Okay. 17. As they do that. Okay. I'm going to use my reaction. I'm going to use cutting words. So it's a class feature, and it says, at third level, you learn how to use your wit to distract, confuse, or otherwise sap the confidence and competence of others. When a creature that you can see within 60 feet of you makes an attack roll, an ability check, or a damage roll, you can use your reaction to expend one of your uses of bardic inspiration. They don't have to be able to understand you? I don't think so. Attack roll, an ability check, or damage roll, you can use your reaction to expend one of your uses of bardic inspiration, rolling a bardic inspiration die, and subtracting the number rolled from the creature's roll. You can choose to use this feature after the creature makes its roll, but before the DM determines the attack roll or ability check succeeds or fails, or before the creature deals its damage. The creature is immune if it can't hear you, or if it's immune to being charmed. Okay, fits all that criteria. It can hear you, and it's not immune from being charmed. So it's going to lose, one of them is going to lose five from its attack roll. Okay. I'm guessing you want the one that rolled the higher one, right? The higher number? Uh, depends on how hot. <laughs> Roscoe. Because if it's a 20, what is your AC? 17. 17. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. It misses you. Both of them miss you. <laughs> I rolled an... I had an 18 for that hit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks. <laughs> what are you Oh, hitting? lovely lore bard. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Oh, and as he says, he says, your stench is so foul, even the undead would turn their noses up in disgust. <laughs> he kicks the skeleton, but there's no skeleton there because he was on the side of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that being a skeleton. <laughs> your mother was a pansy. <laughs> Okay. It's initiative time again. Five. Five. Oh, Oh, dice dice off. You want to roll this? No, you go. He's got a four. Six. Yes. I was going to be confused. Six. No, you got to roll a d6 there, bud. Oh, it's a six? Yeah. Oh. Three. Ah, I win. Oh. Sorry. So going after Thorn again, the first one. God, I just cannot hit. The two going after Roscoe. Here's what's happening with him. He's just like dancing with his hot potato in his hand. It's a very Travis thing to do. (laughs) It's just the right temperature now. (laughs) You gotta be kidding me. Okay, they both miss as well. Goodness gracious. I cannot roll over a 10 to save my life. But it's saving ours. (laughs) Abby, did you touch David's dice? No. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. 
touch it's him. It's your guys' turn again. <laughs> I think something is bugging David. Where's that goose? Yes. So I have a question. Yes. They've attacked me, but they have not hit. They have not hit. Okay, so as a halfling, I can actually share spaces. Correct. Can I step back five feet without engaging an, oper- an attack from them? Because they haven't actually hit me yet. But you would get out of their range, which would provoke an a- opportunity of attack. Okay. Unless you disengage with your action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got two right in front of you. Okay. I would uh, like to go first. Okay. Understanding fully that I'm going to take damage from this. Okay. Okay. But I also know what's at risk if they start eating my arm (laughs) and stuff. Um, And knowing that I have to roll at disadvantage because they're right in front of me, I'm going to use my bow and I'm going to shoot and if it connects, then I'm going to use my bursting arrow. Okay, and what's the range? Of, like, not the range, but the exploding? Uh, so it is 10 feet. 10 feet, okay. Yeah. So it would be them and me. And and uh, Fenrir. That's okay. Collateral damage, that's fine. <laughs> It'll just barely miss Boot. I'll, I'll give him a health potion. <laughs> okay. So. Well, how close is uh, Lila? behind Fenrir. I'm not super close. Okay. I imagine that I'm just rolling my eyes because there's nothing I can do, so I'm looking at the walls. Gotcha, like, ugh. <laughs> well, if there's any more, like, drawings or anything like that on them. Right. And probably looking out for more rust monsters uh-huh. if they're coming. And so I'm gonna, I'm rolling at disadvantage. I'm most likely inevitably gonna take damage from this. My question is, I guess it doesn't really matter because they're both gonna take the same damage, so. Let's see if he hit. And we're rolling at disadvantage. We're still in conversation phase. No, we just wrapped up. Oh, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. I missed that. Okay. All right. And action. (laughs) Okay, so I'm rolling at disadvantage here. Um, I'm going to give myself a chaos point on my disadvantage. That puts it at a 10. That, sadly, is a miss. Okay. I'm going to action surge. Okay. And do it again. Okay. Also, I have one chaos point left. Okay. Oh, that is not better. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sadly, uh, misses Fenrir. I will also roll at disadvantage. Okay. And try and shoot the rust, rust monsters with my crossbow. Okay, go ahead. Dang it. It's a nat 20. <laughs> oh. That's okay. That is a unnatural 20. Okay, that's a hit. And you go after the left or right one? Uh, since he went after the right, I'll go after the left. Okay. Nine damage. Okay. Now we're moving to Thorn, which he's going to go after the one. Oh, and yes. I want to use my bonus action to continue to heat Thorn's weapon. Okay. Sounds good. He appreciates that because he's going <laughs> after the other guy. Okay. And what extra damage does he get? 2d8? 2d8. 
Goodness gracious. Well, that one is gone as well. <laughs> I don't even have to roll for that. <laughs> Goodness. Okay, so Thorn smashes the other rust bug. Now we are to Hurla, which Aww. she's going to take her shots. Yeah, you last. Save me. He misses every single shot. <laughs> she is a little panicky. So what well, I'm hearing is unless it's... rolling as well as your rust monsters. Oh, right? <laughs> she's what afraid she's going to shoot me again. Yeah, exactly. Unless it's Roscoe. She's I don't think she's scared that. of that. <laughs> she's, she's probably afraid that they're going to get her her crossbows. She's, she's like... like ah! <laughs> <laughs> okay, Boudreaux, go ahead. Okay, so then I'm going to give the last bug, right? No, it's two. There's two more. Okay, I give the last... They're both by Roscoe. Okay, so I don't have to go cross-eyed to look at them both? No. Okay. Good, <laughs> you want to, funny go ahead. <laughs> and, and Boudreaux can actually go cross-eyed, unlike me. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, so. Is that considered a flaw, or? Excuse me? He has to roll a disadvantage, for sure. <laughs> okay, guys. So he, he looks both of them down, and he just gives them the super hard, sharp glare. And his eyes start glowing a little bit. Okay. And he does um, Word of Radiance, which is, you utter a divine word and uh, and burning radiance erupts from you. Each creature of your choice that you can see within range must succeed on a constitution saving throw or take 1d6 radiant damage. And this time, the, um, it might be the same word, but the divine word is bacon. <laughs> what color is your divine radiance? Light green, just like all my magic. <laughs> One roll to 15, uh-huh. which is what he had to match. Uh-huh. So that's a dice off. <laughs> is that a 20? That mm-hmm. is a d20. 14. 17. Okay. And the other one failed. So it ta- both of these take the damage. So 1d6. That's not a six. No, I just that's a D eight. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta set, it's your subtract most standard two. <laughs> six. Max. Still damage. matched each die I have thrown, besides the D twenty. Okay, awesome. Now we are to Lila, which. I'm doing nothing. Doing nothing. Thanks, Roscoe. Yay. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna roll to hit. Ooh. <laughs> I'm gonna give her my last chaos point. <laughs> um, that's fourteen to hit. Wait, did you really give me a yeah, chaos? Okay, I gave fifteen you my, my to last hit. Chaos point. That's a hit. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and because I'm desperate to not be eaten. <laughs> and are you going after which one? The left one or the right one? The one that is there one that's closer to Roscoe. They're both close to Roscoe. Um, well, to there's one that looks more injured than Roscoe. Okay, then that one. But it was only one damage. Aww. <laughs> so sad. I don't know if my chaos point was worth it. <laughs> okay, now we're back to the beginning round of initiative. Who wants to roll? I Lila's up. Wait, Lila's not an initiative. She can't roll. Feet of four. I got half that. Half that. Two. So you Not lose it. Not doing well today. At all. Okay. 
Hopefully our food gives us <laughs> better luck. <laughs> I mean, at least you're hitting things. I haven't, I haven't hit once. Oh. Okay, going after you again, Roscoe, which Fenrir gently reminded me that these guys would have advantage. Pack tactics. Or one of them hits. Before you say the next one. Okay. I want to use cutting words again. Again. Okay. For my say? last bardic inspiration. Okay. That I have. And I'm going to say. I've heard more threatening whispers from a sleeping kitten than your feeble intensive intimidation. <laughs> That's a good one. I like it. I like if only that. these creatures could like actually understand Talk what you're saying. They're just like looking at me like that. It me though. What's a kitten? And subtract four from that one. Unless subtract the four. bug should meow. It should be like meow. And that's subtracting from the one I just rolled? Yes, because you already said the other one hit. Oh, for this one. Declared it. Oh, declared that a hit? Okay. So luckily he did that, because the second one was going to hit as well. And they do. So does Roscoe get to go back and get new half plate armor? (laughs) (laughs) You take four damage. And then I lose, my armor loses... One Surprisingly, point, right? it doesn't. Oh. Mm. Is it because it's smoldering? You gave it the smolder, and it's like, oh, goodness. <laughs> you said four damage, right? Yes, four damage. Where's that goose, David? <laughs> okay, you guys are up. Um, I'm doing the same thing. Same thing. Same thing? Pretty much everybody doing the same thing? Um, yeah. Okay, you guys are back up in initiative order. And we're going to keep the same order as he did last time. So, Roscoe. Uh, I am going to be very upsetty spaghetti with my bow, and I'm going to put it in timeout. <laughs> um, and I'm going to switch for one of my daggers. Okay. And... You going for the most injured one? Yeah. The more injured one, I guess? Yeah, because I don't want to pull out my glaive because it'll hurt my glaive. You, I haven't used you yet. Maybe you'll be okay. Just haven't used you yet. <laughs> okay, so that's an 18 to hit. That is a hit. Excellent. And then I need... Yeah, that's right. That is max damage for eight damage. Woo! Nice. How do you kill this thing? Uh, I don't actually want the dagger back because it's useless now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to, like, shank that, like, like I'm backwards mm-hmm. dagger, right? So I'm stabbing down, basically. Yeah. Just like straight into the brain of the creature and just like, and then pushing it. Kick it. Go away. (laughs) Okay, and it goes motionless. Fenrir. I'm going to shoot at disadvantage once again. Okay. Does a 13 hit? Sadly, it does not. So your arrow gets close to the mark, but doesn't quite get it. Kind of the, the rust monster is startled from what Roscoe did, and so it kind of flinched out of the way just right when he shot. It scurried. And then as a bonus action, flinched. I want to continue to heat thorns. Which is convenient, because now it's his turn. <laughs> And it, he gets advantage because he's flanking with Roscoe. 
which good thing because he rolled a natural 20. Which that, with all the max damage, he destroys that rust monster <laughs> as well. Coming in hot for Thorin. <laughs> that has <laughs> to be the title. <laughs> Coming in hot. Thorin saved the day this one. I think he got three out of the four of them. He did. Yeah, good he thing did. we he saved did. his life multiple times. Okay, I think we'll wrap it up there, though, for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to Tomes of the Chaos Bard. Big shout out to D.A. Nichols for writing our songs and music and our theme song. She's a wonderful lady. Check out her TTRPG at drivethroughrpg.com. Shields of Power is that TTRPG. If you're looking for some new kind of TTRPG to play, let's see how many times I can say TTRPG. Uh, You can play a leprechaun. You can play a leprechaun in there. Um, also, special thanks to Realmwalker, freesound.org, Tabletop Audio, and Monument Studios for our extra sounds and music. With that, I am DM Dave, and to the right I have... Benry. Roscoe. Non-existent. <laughs> uh, Boudreaux. And Henley. And until next time, we unroll the scroll to tell the tale. Bye! No, 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 what? No matter what. you. Not unless you want Lila to rage on you from behind. No. Because Boudreaux could get interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Boudreaux is kind of in the middle of things.